You could spend the weekend doing the same old whatever, or you could conquer the weekend in the all-new Hyundai Santa Fe. Visit HyundaiUSA.com for more details. Hyundai, there's joy in every journey. The following is a presentation of the Treasure Island Baseball Network. Going beyond the box score and the diamond, this is the show with the latest news and information on your hometown nine and the entire organization. It's Inside Twins. Inside Twins is sponsored by Killebrew Root Beer, locally owned and operated. It's how memories are created and legends are made. It is a beautiful Sunday afternoon here in downtown Minneapolis. Twins and the Cleveland Guardians set to wrap up this weekend series, the finale of this long homestand one more time before the Twins head west and begin a road trip in Oakland tomorrow. But we begin our Sunday programming on the Treasure Island Baseball Network, chatting with pitching coach Wes Johnson as we welcome you to Inside Twins, brought to you by Killebrew Root Beer, locally owned and operated. It's how memories are created and legends are made. I'm Corey Probus. Great to visit with you. And, Wes, great to see you. Thanks for stopping by. Yeah, hey, thanks for having me. Excited to be here. Yeah, great to have you, as always, for our Sunday show. And let's begin fresh, if we can, with the game last night. And watching the 10th inning with the runner at second base, and I'm sure spring training you practice these scenarios, but can you do it in season? Or was there some rust involved? Because there's a lot of strategy that goes goes into play there. Yeah, you you work on it in spring training. I think I think the challenge when you get into the regular season is, is to your point, you don't get to work on it. Uh, you know, these guys, we need them up so much, and we try to keep our bullpen as fresh as possible that – you don't. Uh, it's not that they're useless throws that they would be making and, and working on that, um, but in a sense, it kind of is. So we do some dry work, or we go through some dry scenarios, as we call them. Hey, runner at first, or I mean, runner at second. Uh, you know, tenth inning, he could be bunting. You know, this guy could be swinging, could be in the middle of their order. Uh, different, different things. Um, you know, and Jarrell came in and did a good job. Hey, you know, tip your hat. Uh, he threw strikes, right? I mean, it, it, the biggest thing that, that you want is a guy in, in those situations in the tent. He comes in and attacks and, and makes those guys hit the ball. And, and you know, like I say, they did last night. But, uh, it, yeah, it, it, the first time you're back in that, it, it's a little uh, – you're like, man, it's a, a whole different flow to the game. And um, so, so you're trying to prep your catcher between innings. And it's just it's you don't want to kill the mojo in the dugout because you're hoping you walk them off, and so you're sitting there, you got all your plans ready, and then when that third out's made, it's like grab Gary, sit him down real quick, run through everything again, um, and you know go from there. And do you get specific when you know there's going to be a tenth inning and you see who's coming up, and maybe this comes up even before that series begins, like this team does bunt in this situation if they get to this point of the lineup. Do you guys get that specific with your coaching? Yeah, we do. You know, uh, like, like uh, uh, Jimenez was leading off last night, he he has bunted in that situation. So if you noticed, I mean, we had Geo kind of playing that halfway, um, and we had first base in pretty good, and, you know, uh, w- with uh, Miranda over there, and, and we, we, we were expecting a bunt. And then, you know, the one thing that you'll see a lot with, with teams is they'll they'll let that guy try to swing at the first – or they'll give him the first strike, as we like to say. So you see him swing, and you're like, okay, yeah, if he's going to do it, he might do it right here, 0-1 or 1-1 or, you know, whatever the count is. And so even even after he got his first strike, I'm like, hey, he may, he may put it down again. 
obviously when they get to two strikes and they haven't shown it, you know, we're going to back up and, and play for contact. We saw something for the first time all season long last night in that Joan Duran worked back-to-back. Why was that the right setting for the first time for that to occur? Well, one of the things that we're doing with him, obviously we have to keep in mind, you know, he hadn't thrown a lot of innings in the last two years. Um, he had had uh, four days off, five really, uh, if you want to look at it, depending on how different, different clubs look at it different ways. But, um, so we, he had had an extended period of rest. He kept his pitch count low from the day before, and we said, okay, today's the day. Uh, you know, he'll obviously be down today. We, we won't throw him three days in a <laughs> row. But uh, that, that's, what, that's how we, we looked at it. We're like, okay, if he can stay under 15 pitches, um, meaning that would have been two days ago, Got it. then, hey, we'll feel good back-to-back because of the rest he's had from his last outing. Why 15? Fans might be listening and say, um, okay, that's, uh, is that an arbitrary number, or is there some science behind yeah, that? Yeah, th- there's a little bit of science. I mean, we could probably spend a whole segment on that. But <laughs> uh, that's just kind of where I feel comfortable with those guys. I mean, you start looking because what you got to realize is, is how many throws they make in the bullpen to get hot. Uh, then they come back in. Then they're going to get, you know, they enter the game, they're going to throw eight roughly. Um, so you're looking at they've probably thrown a good 20 to maybe even 30 pitches hard. So now you throw on the 15, and you're at 45 pitches. Really, it's kind of the way we process it. Our 45 max effort throws is what he's made that day. And that's kind of where if you get into the numbers and the science and recovery and, and different things. Now, there's different guys, you know, um, if, you know, Johan had thrown a ton the last two years, you might push that up to 20-ish for a good back-to-back or even 25. And then there's guys who just they, – they've thrown uh, a lot. Like you look at a guy like Emilio Pagan who just – this guy throws every, once it every day and, and has been doing a lot in his career. So, you know, the, some of those factors come in. But, yeah, so that, that's kind of how we get to a number with, with some of these relievers. 103 last night. Did you see that in the radar gun out there last night? Oh, yeah, because a couple of the guys who had, had already thrown it – who were inside getting treatment, came running back out. You see that? That's like a legit 103. <laughs> I'm like, well, and I hadn't because the inning was still going on. It wasn't until I got to the iPad between innings and saw that it was like a 10, I think it was a 103.1 and a 103.2 or somewhere in there. And I was like, wow, it's legit. It wasn't, it wasn't the old classic roundup. It wasn't a 102.6, and they rounded it up. That, that's impressive. All the years that, that I've had this, this, this chance to visit with you, I've never asked you this. Because I, I look at velocity. But I'm wondering, in the art of pitching, in, in the heat of the moment, how do you break down the pitcher? And do you know in your mind what pitch is coming? Do you have a vague idea what pitch is coming? And are you looking at mechanics? Are you looking at release point? How do you break down what the pitcher is doing mechanically as that ball is leaving his hands before it arrives in home plate? Well, each guy's a little different. you know. So it's like... Um... I'll use Sonny Gray as an example. Two outings ago, he was feeling, you know, to use his term, he was feeling a little stuck in his windup. Um, so between starts, we worked a lot on his tempo and his rhythm. So for a guy like him, I'm really, really locked in on his lower half because I know if his lower half is moving right, he's going to be good. The ball's going to go where he wants it to go. Uh, you can kind of flip that a little bit, and, and, and I can talk to you a little about Emilio Pagan, who we've been working a lot with his chest, the direction of his chest. So when he's throwing, I'm a little more locked into where his chest is and is it opening early, staying closed, so forth. If it's staying closed, I know he's got a good chance of putting the ball where he wants to. So it's a little different with each guy. 
Um, you know, we, we've got some guys that look at the depth in their back leg. Um, I got some other guys who how, – how they land on their front foot, like a Bailey Ober, for example, who's actually making a start today in Columbus. But, uh, yeah, so it's, it's different. It's different for each guy. With Pagan and the upper torso that you're referencing, has that led to why the walk rate has been higher than, than the norm? Yeah, you know, it, it, it is a little bit, and we, we've been working on it. And you look at it, and it's uh, – you know, these guys – as you know, this game is so fine, right? If you go back and you look at a post-game track man report of the strike zone, it's not like Emilio's missing four or five balls out of the strike zone. You know, he's missing two balls. He's missing a ball. And uh, so you knew we knew he was close, and, and so you just continue to break it down. But I tell you what, his last two outings have been really happy with the way he's thrown the ball and, and, and attacked the strike zone. Devin Smeltzer made a start last night, first of the season, gave you five innings, and, and physically, when I first saw him in camp, and because he was not on the 40-man roster, he arrived early. But before he even threw a pitch, just how physically different he looked, did that was that the first thing you noticed when you saw Devin for the first time? Oh, yeah. I mean, we've, talk, we've been talking about Devin since spring training. Well, before spring training, right, right because of the lockout. But uh, we were down there as a staff, and when I saw him for the first time, well – I'd seen him in some videos, you know, they'll, they'll send us stuff over, you know, over the, um, over the break and between regular season and spring training. And I was like, man, he, he looks thicker. But of course it's video and sometimes your eyes can deceive you. But when I saw him, I was uh, very pleased with what I saw. I mean, he, I think one of the things that Devin is, has figured out is how important it is to keep your strength and um, keep your strength, his nutrition, uh, keep his weight on, uh, because all that helps him recover. And but no, it's and you look last night, and one of the things that and, and we saw in spring training, his velocity's back up, um, where where we where we had him in nineteen, and um, so I'm excited for Devin. Ideally, in in a perfect world, do you think it's vital that there is a lefty in the starting rotation, at least one? Uh, I I don't I, I get more into matchups than than I do right versus left uh, because there there are some. Uh, guys that you look at them and you go, they're a right-handed hitter, but certain pitches from lefties play to them very well. And um, so I, I get more into that than I go, we need a left-hander in there. Uh, because then there's some lefties who, left-handed hitters, that is, who hit left-handed pitching and uh, are good against them, I, I should say. So I'm more into, hey, does Devin's stuff play against this team or does it not? Um and th- th- that's kind of how we look at it. So is it is it vital to have a lefty in the uh, – I, I don't know. All right, we'll uh, take our first break, come back. We'll talk about today's starter, Joe Ryan. Want to ask Wes about Chris Archer and also what's upcoming for Dylan Bundy. That and so much more coming up as we continue with Inside Twins, brought to you by Killebrew Root Beer on your home for Twins Baseball. Welcome back to Inside Twins, brought to you by Killebrew Root Beer, locally owned and operated. It's how memories are created and legends are made. Corey Provis back with Twins pitching coach Wes Johnson. Joe Ryan gets the ball today on a beautiful day at Target Field, rubber game of this series. Last time out against Houston, how much of that was Joe fighting a few things or how patient that veteran good lineup was on Tuesday night? It, it was a combination. Um, you know, it, it's tough to fight things against a good team. And so, so you saw a little bit of everything. We've really been working. When Joe's at his best, uh, you know, to get a little nerdy on you for a second, we, we like the way he's rotating in a straight line. And he got a little too rotational last start, which we, you know, obviously we're, we're fighting against. And 
pulled a few more fastballs than he normally does. And, you know, it's, it's, it's part of a guy who's made 11 starts in mm-hmm. this league. And um, it's a tough league, obviously. But he's made 11. He's learning. Um, I, we've, got, we've had a, a great week of work. I'm really excited to see him go today. What do you want, Joe, and also maybe Josh Winder, who faced the Astros as well on Thursday, to take away from that kind of team, the discipline that they displayed, and how that could help them moving forward? Yeah, you know, it's funny you bring that up. I mean, I've talked a lot, and I've talked to him a lot about Verlander, to use him as an example. We faced him, and, uh, you know, Verlander's typically had, has had a good slider. He didn't throw hardly any. I don't even think he threw one against us. He he survived on his fastball curveball. And, um, you know, it's like I told him, I said, guys, when we're working on things and, and you're feeling a little out of sync, you know, on that game day, it's just time. we got to take the ball and we got to go compete with what we have that day. And uh, so it was good to kind of reference. Here's a guy who's 39, uh, who, you know, in my book's a Hall of Famer. Mm-hmm. And uh, to see that and then be able to reference it back to him and say, hey, this is what we're talking about. Um, I even talked to him yesterday. Sonny did it a little bit on uh, his start this week. Couldn't, the guys weren't swinging at his breaking ball a lot. If you look, he, he struck out eight guys. He struck out seven of them on fastballs, which is a little uncharacteristic for Sonny. He gets a little more swing and miss on a curveball and slider. But there's days when – when things are a little off, and you got to just go compete with the pitches you have. And and that's what I want him to take away. And Sonny had his best velo, right, of the season. I saw 92-93 uh, multiple exactly. times the other night, yeah. which was yeah. certainly good to see. Slider usage. You look at the trends in the game, and it's up for everybody. Last year, I got this note from uh, from somebody in the front office that last year, fastball usage, four-seam fastball usage for a starting pitcher a year ago was about 49%. Uh, you look at Joe Ryan, you look at Bailey Ober last year, they were above that. They were above 60, but they've come back down towards that norm. Slider usage is going up. Why is that happening now in year two for their development? Well, you know, in year one, you, you want them to come out and be able to attack the strike zone. You want you want to try to build confidence with them. Um, they, they know they have a lot of confidence in that fastball, and they know they can throw it to certain areas. And, and, and so it was almost like, all right, hey, here's what you do well. We're not even going to worry about the hitters. We're going to give you an area to attack the hitter with, with your fastball, and let's start there. Uh, once that started to, to go, if you kind of look at uh, really, there was two starts Bailey made towards the end of the year and, and then a couple Joe made towards that slider usage started to flip a little bit. Yeah. And it uh, didn't get where we wanted it to, but it was like, okay, here's the first step because once again, I mean, Joe's made 11 starts in this league. It's kind of like him getting out there and – and uh, you know, knowing when to use that slider, knowing how to use that slider off of his fastball. So, and he's he's done it this year at times really well. And, and I would imagine too, it's different if you have a guy that's younger that's been in camp as opposed to Chris Paddock before he got hurt. That trade happened hours before the season began. Fastball change up, trying to find a breaking ball. When do you get hands on with somebody that just arrived to the organization? Okay, let's go to work now on finding a good slider grip, a, a good curveball grip. Yeah, you know, one of the things we try to do is let, we, we got to really see how they act, you know, day to day, week to week between starts. And it's like, okay, how's his routine? I don't want to affect that. I don't want to affect what he's doing well, which is fastball changeup. Let's make sure we have those. Once I see that routine, how they go through now, it's like, okay, where can I add in some time to work on whatever the pitch is we are without taking away from what they already do well? 
Chris Archer, he's been about three, four innings so far per start. Is that workload or is that the plan since he was acquired late just before the season began that it was going to be a slow, gradual buildup? Yeah, it's going to be slow with him. You know, we can't we can't forget he's he's this guy's had a couple surgeries in the last couple of years. And, uh, you know, mainly I, I want his hip uh, to, to stay strong. I want his hips good. We, we've seen some velocity at times mm-hmm. uh, that, that, that'll bring him back to when he was younger. Seen some 96s and and the slider's been up to 90 and curveball's been any, anyway. So the point is is we're trying to keep his workload uh, uh, to a manageable thing to where maybe we get him for a whole year um, and, and you'll start to see him stretch a little more. Yeah, you had the luxury too early in the season when Josh was in the bullpen. He was really good in that role. You had some length out of the bullpen. Do you have that luxury right now? Do you have that same kind of length you did? Yeah, we've got we've got. It's just going to come in, in from more guys. You know, you've got everybody down there now. For the most part, can go you know two plus if we need them to. Um, and so it, it, we've got the length is just going to come in a little different form of of other than one guy. Who are some guys in the minor leagues that have uh, caught your eyes so far with how they're throwing? Double A, Triple A guys? Yeah, th- th- there's a couple of them. Uh, you know, you watch a, a guy like Simeon Woods, and you watch uh, Matt Cantorino still throwing the ball well. Um, there's some young guys uh, uh, down in high A, Rhea, just really throwing the ball well. Um, yeah, and then in AAA, there's still some guys. You know, McGill's throwing the ball well. Uh, it's a different look. He's a big guy. Gosh, he's a, he's a monster. He's throwing the ball hard, spinning it well. Uh, Drew Strotman is still a guy that, that you look up, and if he can hone in the strike zone a little more, his stuff is, is electric. Um, so we're, we're monitoring probably there's probably about 10 of these guys without without going through them all how high is Jordan Belazovic's ceiling coming back yeah. from the knee injury but and he just got to, to St. Paul but how high is his ceiling yeah oh it's very high I mean JB is you know one of the things it's kind of hard to, for me right now to really judge Jordan just from from, from a result standpoint he's still building back he's had a knee um, you know and and so we're trying to get him built up we talked about him at length probably I don't know two or three days ago um, so I, I'd give him another start, and, and then let's start to really lock in where he's at. Uh, he threw the ball fine the other day. He gave up some runs, but a couple of you know had a few mistakes behind him. But all in all, he threw the ball well, um, which is good. That's what you want right now. Continue to build up, get to that four or five inning mark, and then let's see where we're at. Uh, we'll take our final break. Come back and talk a few more minutes with Wes Johnson on our Sunday show, Inside Twins, brought to you by Killebrew Root Beer, locally owned and operated. It's how memories are created and legends are made. Back with our Sunday show next on your home for Twins Baseball. This episode is brought to you by Progressive Insurance. Whether you love true crime or comedy, celebrity interviews or news, you call the shots on what's in your podcast queue. And guess what? Now you can call them on your auto insurance too with the Name Your Price tool from Progressive. It works just the way it sounds. You tell Progressive how much you want to pay for car insurance, and they'll show you coverage options that fit your budget. Get your quote today at Progressive.com to join the over 28 million drivers who trust Progressive. Progressive Casualty Insurance Company and Affiliates. Price and coverage match limited by state law.
Final few minutes of Inside Twins brought to you by Killebrew Root Beer, locally owned and operated. It's how memories are created and legends are made. Corey Prove is back with Twins pitching coach Wes Johnson. Dylan Bundy, uh, what's the latest uh, on Dylan? When will he be back in the mound? Yeah, we're, we're going we're gonna to give Dylan the ball on Tuesday. Uh, won't, won't be long, won't be a, a full start. You know, hey, <laughs> coronavirus got him pretty good. Mm-hmm. We, we've taken it slow with him. He, he was feeling good when he got cleared to come back, but you could, you know, not only could you see it, you know, he was telling, he just felt real sluggish. You know, arm felt fine, but he just, he didn't have his strength. He felt like pretty weak. So we're at a good point. He threw a really, really good bullpen yesterday. We're going to give him actually an extra day of rest between that, and then we'll give him a start on Tuesday. We'll keep him, you know, it won't be like I say three, three, four innings somewhere in there is where he'll go. Do you see his velocity climbing a bit more? He's been about 88, 89, down a little bit. But do you see that uh, moving forward? I, I do, I do. I, you know, I don't know about on this next one. But moving forward, we're getting some things done. His arm's starting to really, really feel good. And, you know, and, and the thing is, is you're seeing it at times his last two or three starts. You'll see that occasional 91, 92. We just need it more. And uh, I think so I think he's on a good path. Uh, it'll be interesting to see how he is, you know, this start, like I say, coming off of he he had coronavirus pretty good. So um, we'll see where he's at. But I see it coming. And you mentioned Bailey Ober starting today, got rained out yesterday, yesterday. with the Saints. 70, 75 pitches today? Correct, correct. Yeah, I, I just got off the phone before I came in here to uh, talk to AAA pitching coaches and, and, you know, see how he was doing after the rain out and so forth. And, yeah, it'll be good to see how he does today. And that would line him up to pitch in Kansas City then uh, next weekend? Yeah, more than likely. If he's fine, uh, th- that's what Rocco and I had talked about yesterday. All right, very good. Uh, depth right now being tested. I believe the Twins have used 24 pitchers so far. That's among the tops in the game right now. It's not ideal in some ways. Were you building this possibility when you guys gather together as a staff and say, hey, whenever this season does begin, we have to be prepared for this situation? Yeah, I mean, you can point to a lot of things. I think what what Derek and Thad have done, you know, just assembling our guys in AAA and signing guys and then just our our depth that we've had down there internally. It's put us in a spot. But, yeah, we kind of knew this breaking out of spring training that we were going to use some guys and – and, 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 you know, the thing there is, is we're trying to keep some of these guys fresh for the long haul. It's still May. Mm-hmm. <laughs> so um, I, I like where we're at. We're, we are having to lean on a few of our bullpen guys a little more than, you know, some of those link guys a little more than, than you want right now. But it'll catch up, and, and they'll get a break. Hey, great to do this in person for the first time in a couple of years. Yes. We were doing this on Zoom the last two years. Great to see you, and thanks for stopping by. Hey, thanks for having me, guys. Uh, we thank Wes Johnson for joining us. Inside Twins brought to you by Killebrew Root Beer. We thank you for listening. More to come. Chris's pregame is next on your home for Twins baseball. You've been listening to Inside Twins brought to you by Killebrew Root Beer, locally owned and operated. It's how memories are created and legends are made. This has been a presentation of the Treasure Island Baseball Network.